0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Thank you for listening to Knockin' Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company.
2: I started drinking with my uncle right after my dad passed. Mm. So alcohol has always been in my family. I come from a huge line of alcoholics and, and, and drug addicts. My my dad was one of six, all boys. Mm, shit. And most of them are drug addicts or alcoholics. Some of them turned out okay, but most of them were drug addicts and alcoholics. Mm -hmm. And when my dad passed is when I started drinking, you know, started finding alcohol. I remember I was 13 when I got drunk the first time.
1: Support for knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code KDD. Your balls will thank you knocking doors down we thank you guys for listening to the podcast jason the your host here with the history of alcoholism some childhood trauma including some sexual abuse but hey we take those adversities we turn them into our advantage and we find positivity in life and uh, my co-host mikey naraki no different
0: hi everyone
1: and mikey's uh, had a few run-ins
0: yeah you know got myself busted a time or two what are you gonna do
1: as well as some uh, struggles with substance abuse and other adversities and our guest this week a, a personal friend of mine one of my inspirations when i first started to seek sobriety brian sledge campbell a uh, friend of my mikey that i made when i was working in professional wrestling no not in the ring i was a commentator for tv as well as a uh, ring announcer and uh, we Kind of formed fast friends. Of course, it started off with of drinking, but we we're once uh, getting sober. That friendship continued and grew, and really proud of him to see what he's doing with his life now.
0: Yeah, you know, kind of makes me want to get back in the ring too. You know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I wrestled a little bit when I was a kid. Me and some buddies, you know, get in the backyard and just kind of throw each other around and beat the shit out of each other. But. Nothing like Sledge is doing.
1: No, he is doing it professionally. It is all he does for a living, working for Ring of Honor Professional Wrestling, and uh, he's toured the globe, actually. And it's a really cool story. And you also hear how oftentimes addiction can be systemic. Uh, Not only did uh, it run uh, directly from his parents, but uh, both sides of his family. You hear some of the chaos, how he came out of it, and how he's not only focusing on his profession and being a great father to his kids, but an inspiration to others as well that have uh, continued to seek their sobriety.
0: That's right. Yeah, truly an honor to have him on here. I'm ready uh, ready to jump into it. All right. Well, let's do it. Sledge joining us on Knocking Doors Down. What is up,
1: my
2: good brother? Hey, brother. How are you, my friend?
1: <laughs> Excellent. G- good to see you. And uh, you're doing, doing great. Uh, we already filled people in on the background. And it's cool that uh, for those that are catching this on YouTube, we got the Coffee with Sledge background. And we'll talk about how you uh, you started that. You're doing, uh, doing your own vodcast and getting live on Twitch, which thank you for having Mikey and myself on.
2: Dude, I mean... Look at you guys! You guys are killing it. Why would I not have you guys on my show? (laughs) Got to get, got to get the rub, right, brother? That's right. It's all about the rub. (laughs) It's all about the rub. Oh,
1: so uh, of course, uh, you know, I've been, I I follow you, of course, on uh, on social media, and for anyone that. uh, is uh, listening to the podcast. You can check in the description. you got uh, Sledge's social media, Ring of Honor kicking back up, which uh, it's it's so cool to do. A little background for those. Sledge and I have known each other about a decade from the old wrestling business. Of course, Sledge wrestles. I just got on microphones and talked because that's what I do. Let's jump back to, uh, to Little Sledge. Of course, uh, people don't know. Real name, Brian. Uh, yep. Not many of us call you that. I've known you a decade. I think I've only called you it but like on this show. Uh, that's the only time I can think of it. But uh, what were you like as a kid, and when did the passion for uh,
0: professional wrestling really start? I imagine you just running around beating people up as a little kid. <laughs> no. That's the, that's the
2: total opposite, man. I was really? a kid who was getting beat up.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, gotcha. wow. Okay, Yeah,
2: man. I was a short, fat kid who got picked on the whole time growing up, man. I would never could. Contr- I never could find my place. And I, yeah, man, I I never, I didn't have really a whole lot of friends growing Mm -hmm. up because I just kept getting picked on and kept getting beat up. Yeah. I, I, there was a guy that used to, I used to walk from the bus stop and I used to walk the long way around because he used to bully me.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And now it's funny because he hits me up on Facebook or, you know, whatever other social media platform I have. And he's like, man, I can't believe like what you're doing, man. It's so cool. Like, look at you, man. You're so, yeah, yeah, I'm like, dude, I built my wall because of guys like you. Yeah. Do you tell yeah. him that? I haven't because I don't want to give him the gratification. Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Understandable. Good we had we know. had a, a Sean Kanan on, uh, you know, last year, uh, Star Karate Kid Three, who was the bad guy villain, and ironically, similar kind of story. Granted, he didn't fall to to addiction, but definitely, you know, the fat kid felt the outsider. Um, I never knew that, man. You never told me that. That's
2: fuck. Yeah, man. I was short I was short and fat, man. I didn't hit my growth sport until probably around like eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. And then that's when I started kind of rebelling. Like right after my dad passed is when I started rebelling really, really badly. Oh, wow. And not being able, you know, not, uh, what's the best way to put it? Uh, not giving a shit.
1: Yeah. Really
2: honestly. Right. And then that's where the fight started coming in. I finally just got fed up with people picking on me. And that's where I just started fighting people yeah. just because, I mean, you could tell me, it. you you told me one thing wrong. I was fighting you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like whether I was going to lose or not, I was fighting you. Cause that's ultimately what you've been pushed to. Yeah.
0: yeah. well, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Fuck man. I mean, I've, boy, I didn't you're, How did your, how did your dad pass and the the sound in your voice? You and he were probably pretty close.
2: We were the closest man. Every time I would come home crying, every time I would come home crying and then picking on me, man, he would pick me back up. A hundred percent. And I was never a smart kid, man. I'm still not really super book smart. Any way, shape, and form. I uh I'm I'm street smart now. Sure. You know, and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of business smart to a point, but when it comes to, if you see my social media posts, man, like there's a lot of some misspelled words <laughs> <and> <laughs> some mispunctuation, brother. I'll tell you that much. Um, I wasn't good in school. I, did, I wasn't a good, I didn't get good grades. Uh, it was just one of those things, man, where he just kept picking me up. But yeah, me and my dad were super close. He died of viral and bilateral pneumonia. Oh, oh fuck. fuck. Yeah, in 97 on April Fool's Day. Oh. Yeah.
1: I can only imagine then of course like you said then w- once he passed the the it, it was on because you didn't have him to even go to for the support
2: anymore and uh, no male figure could come around me to tell me what to do yeah like my next door neighbor we were super close with my next door neighbor and he would come and try to tell me what to do and i'm like "Fuck you man let's fight and he was like a third degree black belt and <laughs> like you know and like karate and he's like, and he, he would he would seriously be like, You think you're big and bad, huh? I'm like, Yeah. And he'd like stand up to me. I'd be like, okay. And I literally he, I literally would stand up to him and, and try to swing at him. And he literally would just knock me straight back down a hundred percent. And he's like, dude, you're gonna learn one way, you're gonna learn sooner or later. You're not you, somebody's gonna be bigger and badder than you. Yeah. You know? And uh I still dude, I had that chip on my shoulder for a long time, even going into after high school and, and I got I got arrested. You know, right after high school, I I got arrested fairly quickly. Probably within uh, probably within a year's time. Like when I was eighteen, I was incarcerated. Uh, what
1: occurred there? Was it just a regular street fight? Was it intoxication included? Or
2: there was no intoxication included. I got mixed up with the wrong people, and they uh, they did I uh, I don't really want to talk about it live on air. I apologize, but no, that's um, okay. Man. They did some stupid shit. Sure. And I got and I got mixed up into it. One hundred percent. I was looking for fast cash quickly. Yeah, is the best way to put it. Right. And uh, I got I got ratted out, and I did some time. And after that, I only did about I did six months inside. And after that is, uh, I didn't have anywhere to go, and I became homeless. Fuck. Yeah.
1: So what you know, after your dad passed? What other family was was around? Anyone? Mom? I had
2: I had my I had uh, well my mother you know, but she fell into a depression, kind of locked herself in the bedroom. She would come home from work and lock herself in the bedroom. And yeah. it was pretty much like me and my sister to fend for ourselves. And when my sister turned 16, she moved out. So then it was just me, yeah. you know, and I don't really talk to any of my family a hundred percent. Like I, sure. I very rarely, like I talk to my cousin, my sister, and an aunt every great once in a while. But yeah, when it comes to, um, when it comes to my personal family, I, I don't talk to anybody really. I'm kind of like the black sheep when did, it comes to.
1: Did you just recognize that maybe they were they were toxic and just no, no didn't want any more involvement? Or you know, sometimes that's people don't identify that. You know, we'll, we'll say family first, but fuck, man, sometimes family is the most toxic individuals to have around and the most negative, And sometimes you love them, but it's like, I'm sorry, I you know, this is
2: this is my tipping point. What. What happened was when I was homeless, because my biological mother works for the federal government. Mm. And when I got incarcerated, she got a call saying that, you know, your son got incarcerated. Um, And I got out. And when I was homeless, I called her and asked her, you know, Hey, I need help. Like, I'm going to die on these streets. I'm sleeping on the streets. I had a trash bag of my clothes. Saying, I'm going to die on these streets. I need help. And she says, There's nothing I can do. And she hung up the phone.
1: Jeez, fuck.
2: I will never forget that day of her telling me that there's nothing I can do and hung up the phone on me. And I will never, ever forgive her for that. Because mom... I would net. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. What Is your... mom still around? Yeah, she's still she's still she's still alive to this day. Do you Absolutely.
0: guys have any type? Like, I know you said you don't talk to them that much, but are you any kind of conversation ever, even during the holidays or anything like that?
2: Last time I talked to my biological mother, she asked for my social security number mm-hmm. and my birth date to put me in her will. Her will,
1: hmm.
2: and I, I, I sent her a nice message back and said, I don't need anything from you. And if you don't know my birth date, I was just gonna say she asked
0: your by birthday. the person who
2: gave me birth.
0: Yeah, there's a problem. Sure. Yeah.
1: Sure. Fuck, man. Yeah. Well, um, I I gotta ask him what what point because it sounds like you know your dad's passing a lot of angst. Start is that kind of when uh, you know one of our common bonds is is music. You know, hard rock and metal. Is that kind of, was that something that you shared with your dad? Or Is that something that kind of as you you know, lost without that mentor now of your father. That was kind of something you reached out to. Cause I know both Mikey and I, me, it was like wanting to be like Motley crew and Mikey was into, uh, Johnny thunders and, you know, skateboarders and all guns that and shit. Roses,
2: baby guns and roses, baby. <laughs> guns and roses, baby. <laughs> Um, it, music. It, it was when I was growing up, like I was a huge rap fan. Mm. I know I don't look like a huge rap fan, but I was well, a huge, like a huge, huge rap fan, man. Um, anywhere from like, and, it, and like, Puff Daddy, Mace, um, Tupac, um, Dr. Dre, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg. Go on. Um, but I was just walking by my sister's room one day and she was bumping anthrax. You know, and just then I'm like, what is this? And I'm playing drums in like middle school, you know, on the snare drum and stuff. And I'm listening to, you know, not really having the comprehension of like what a drum set was. Sure. And I'm like, dude, what is this sound coming out of her bedroom? And I walk into her bedroom and she's just jamming out to anthrax. And I'm like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm like stealing her CDs, like Hendrix, Metallica, you know, you name it, man. Yeah. And then that was uh that was my introduction to like metal music. And then uh I got a drum set and started playing drums. And I used to put the headphones on and play with the songs all the time and you know, played in a couple bands here and there but that's where I kind of felt definitely fell in love with music yeah it, is, it, it made me escape what I was doing and all my problems sure it yeah. let me escape for that little time because I would play when my biological mother wasn't home because the minute she got home she'd tell me to knock it the fuck off and then she would walk into her room yeah you know knock that- it the fuck off stop playing And then I wasn't able to touch the drum set the rest of the 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 night.
0: Right. Right. Fuck. See, that's the beauty of music itself, man. It can just, it could take you away from, not to make this about me, but a really quick story. My mom had a brain aneurysm and um, we didn't know if she was going to live or die. We we had no idea if she was going to live or die, and we couldn't stay at the hospital. Obviously, we were in Fresno, California when this happened, and they took her to the Fresno hospital. They said if this were to happen where you guys live, they would have just shipped her to Fresno and she would have died getting there. So they, uh, uh, what's it called, airlifted her to San Francisco which is where we stayed. We didn't have enough money for hotels, so me, my sister, and my dad slept in the back of the car and then would wake up the next day and just go be in the hospital with my mom the entire time. But what I'm getting at with music is I had Guns N' Roses on my disc, man, and that was kind of an escape it helped me take my mind off that as much as i possibly could which was almost impossible but that's what helped me take my mind off it so i totally get what you're saying with the music being your escape because it absolutely 100 is and that's the beauty of music it, it has yeah. that effect on people
2: and it wasn't having to engage with people sure sure yeah and you know I'm, world. I'm in my own world mm-hmm. And it was before it was cool on YouTube to sit there and play with songs. Like I would have these big headphones on. I would annoy the shit out of my neighbors, man. Try, you know, I would just be beating That's what rock and roll is all about, baby. Yeah, <laughs> man. Dude, I was beating the shit out of these things, man. Right. uh and man. Those were some good times. Those yeah. were some good fucking times. Just sitting there and just escaping the world.
1: And we, and we all, at any point in our lives, still need that.
2: Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I try to escape the world as much as I possibly can. <laughs> right. But I'm a, I'm a fairly busy man nowadays, so it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, sounds so, familiar. So when yeah,
1: did, when did uh, professional wrestling and the love and interest for professional wrestling come into play?
2: With my dad.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, man. My dad was huge into professional wrestling. And I remember sitting down on his knee watching professional wrestling and just being in awe with these guys. He used to lay on the couch. Like this would be so cool. I remember this. He would lay on the couch and I would always sit like he would lay sideways on the couch and I would always sit like on the top of his hip. And I would be sitting up. And I it was like my chair on him. <laughs> I would always sit there and and we would always sit there and watch wrestling that way. Always sit there and watch wrestling. It was either that or I was sitting on his knee watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it was just so just drawn into what was going on.
1: Yeah.
2: Just so drawn in. And I think that's probably one of the main reasons why I wrestle to this day, because every time I walk out that curtain, I always say a prayer. I'm not like a super religious guy, but I know my dad's watching. Absolutely. I know he is. And I always say a prayer and I thank him for number one, giving me life. Make sure that my opponent is safe. Make sure I'm safe. And I hope that he's proud and I do that every time I walk out before I walk out that curtain, every it. time, I love you know, it. because I love, I, you know, it, because if, it, if I, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know what professional wrestling is. Right. I wouldn't be able to provide, you know, what I have now if it wasn't for him, you know, and I believe truly that everything happens for a reason. It really does. There's a reason why I'm sitting here talking to you guys right now there's a reason why he passed when he did because mm-hmm. i believe if he was alive today i probably wouldn't be in the position that i'm in right now
1: yeah and it's and so many people we've spoken with sludge have kind of said the same thing that that you know they went from being pissed off about their circumstances to to gratitude you know um which is so important for any of us in life, you know? One thing that 2020 taught taught us when we were on Coffee with Sledge with you is, you know, that's what I took a main thing is just gratitude for the position in life. It's like, yeah, fucked up shit happens, but, uh, you know, that's just
2: life. It's going to. It is. You know, you can't dictate life. I mean, to a point you can. And to a point you can. You can dictate your life and what you want to do and helping you. That's the crazy part is no one's stopping. You. And I keep trying to tell everybody this. they always ask me, I always get questions like, how did you, what you do? I'm like, well, what do you mean? How do I do what I do? how did you become signed with the ring of honor? Well, I, 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 took a chance. You know, how did you get your own, you know, twist show or whatever it is. It's I dictate my own life on where it's going to go. No, one's going to dictate your life. No one. Cause it's your life. What you do is what you do. You know, control and and, um, control what is in your circle. Yeah. Don't try to control what's outside your circle. Fuck what's outside your circle. Inside your circle. Because you can control what's inside your circle. You can't control what's outside your circle. You can't control what people think of you. Okay? Okay. And I'm I'm starting to learn that the more I get, um, I guess popular would be the best way to put it. The more haters I have, sure. Mm-hmm. They don't believe that I I I'm supposed to be where I'm at. I'm still supposed to be half dead in the gutter somewhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know why this guy? I can't You know maybe you should take a look in the mirror and ask yourself the same question. Why am I not in the position?
1: Yeah. You know. Well, as they say, it's always easier to hate on someone else than look in the mirror, right?
2: Yeah, 100%. You know, that's why I always every social media I post, man. I try to do something positive the whole time on yeah. social media because there's so much negative in the world. Oh,
1: so God. It yeah. really is.
2: No one, no one fucking on a rant. I apologize. I do that. Back <laughs> off. Boom. Sorry.
1: No, you're good. The rants are good. So, at what point then did any sort of substance uh, usage start to come into your life?
2: So drinking, like, I started drinking with my uncle right after my dad passed. Mm. So alcohol has always been in my family. I come from a huge line of alcoholics and, and, and drug addicts. My, my dad was one of six, all boys.
1: Mm, shit.
2: And most of them are drug addicts or alcoholics. Some of them turned out okay, but most of them were drug addicts and alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And when my dad passed is when I started drinking, you know, started finding alcohol. I remember I was 13 when I got drunk the first time. Wow. Yeah. Off, uh, I think it was vodka and squirt, (laughs) which was a a random combination. Uh. Yeah. And my six foot three, he was probably 300 pounds, uncle, jumping on top of me and beating the living shit out of me.
0: What the fuck? Because you were drunk? Because we were both drunk. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Fuck.
1: That's bananas, man. Yeah, so kind of recap for people. So not only are you, you know, a kid that's been bullied, the one mentor that you had that you could turn to at anything has now passed away. But now the only other probably close connection being that it's your dad's brother is a fucking drunk, and now he's beating the shit out of you, taking you right back to all the trauma that you experienced as a kid from all the bullies.
2: Yep, 100%. Yeah. I, I I, will never forget the day him jumping on top of me and just beating the living shit out of me. Did you guys ever yeah. talk about it after that? I haven't seen him in I don't know how long. Um. I don't know where he's at any way, shape, and form.
0: That's probably Uh, probably not a bad thing. Well, looking at you now, I'm pretty sure you could beat his ass now.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, he's probably a little older. (laughs) Might be able to take his knee out. But, yeah, I don't know where he's at. Last time I heard, he was – I think he was homeless in Vegas. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I I, I really – honestly, I don't don't know where he's at. Um, But just kept partying, uh, drinking, uh, hiding booze. Uh, I remember – My biological mother left for a week or something like that for vacation or some shit. I don't know. And I threw a party for like a week. Random people in my house just drinking and partying, just going nuts. how old were you then? Well, this was in high school. I was probably 17. Oh, shit. Yeah. Not having the neighbors coming over, partying with us. Yeah. Didn't care. These people were trying to, you know, I I had friends for once. I had people that wanted to hang out with me. Right. Yeah. So so I'm like, hell yeah, come on over. Oh, I got to, I think I was working at Taco Bell at the time. Oh, I have to go to work. And there's people sleeping in my house. I have no idea who the fuck they are. They could have stole half the shit. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was a, that was a crazy time as well. You know, just doing just a lot of stupid shit, you know, growing up.
1: Yeah. That, and, and that seems to be a common, uh, you know, reoccurring theme for those of us that f- fall into addiction, feeling like an outsider, uh, bullying being one of the areas or, you know, sexual abuse or a terrible situation at home or whatever it is. And you're just looking for connectivity. And all of a sudden, you know, the substance makes you think I've got friends. I've got connectivity. I'm a yeah, part of something. And I'm a part of something. Right. It's like the most fucked up thing you could be a
2: part of, but you're a part of something. Yeah. I mean, and you're feeling good at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and I just kept drinking, you know, drinking out of the, the pills didn't come until I started in professional wrestling. Mm. You know, I, I partied, you know, for playing, you know, from, Getting out, getting out of, getting out of jail and being homeless and my biological mother hanging up the phone on me and telling me, well, can't help you. My, I called my sister, Collect, and she was living in San Francisco at the time. And I called her, Collect and I said, hey, and she asked me, she's like, you know, straight out, where have you been? I've been trying to find you. What the fuck? I tell her I'm in Oxnard, California, of all places. (laughs) um, And I need, I need some help. And she goes, can you get to this bus station? And I go, yes, I have no no other choice. I'll walk there. And she goes, there's a bus ticket waiting for you right now. And I'm going to bus you up to San Francisco. And we're going to, you know, you could come live with me, you know, try to help me out, try to rehabilitate my life. Yeah. But I mean, you got to think, you know, I'm recently out of jail. So I have that jail mentality in my head now. Sure. You know, on top of that, I'm a survivor on the street. So now I have that mentality in my head. She busses me from Oxnard, California, all the way to San Francisco, California. And I had that mentality of that still fuck off fucking mentality in my head. So we constantly got into fights where she almost kicked me out a couple times. It was like, hey, like to the point of like sitting down and shaking me going, look, kid, I'm all you fucking got. Mm-hmm. If I throw you out, you have fucking nothing. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I've lived on the streets before, you know? Yeah. What kind of stuff would uh, you guys fight about? I uh, just, I don't, I, I, I don't even re- really remember, man. Brother and sister type shit. Yeah. Just brother and sister shit. Yeah. I really, like, I really don't remember what we used to fight about. Um, now I'm trying to think of
1: like shit that we did try to find about. So was but. was prison then and coming out of it, did you, you know, obviously in prison, you know, well, it's a little harder to get substances and you said pills didn't really start then. So were you clean through your stint and were you clean like afterwards or did it kind of start to set back in again that that it was like I'm feeling all this shit because it's, it's, it's that uh, systemic failure areas that we've talked with other people about. You get failed at home and then you get failed at school. And then you get failed so much that you end up incarcerated because there's, you know, there's nothing positive socially at all. Was it, did you kind of go back into a phase of numbing yourself from stuff once you were there in San Francisco?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I was working on Pier 39 and finding the right people to party with. And off to the races we go, man. Now we're back to partying and house parties. And I wasn't even 21. Sure.
1: Support for knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped, they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Hey Mikey, you ever like cut your face when you're shaving and then you gotta do the little like pin thing or put the tissues on it? Oh yeah, a little piece of toilet paper there. Wouldn't you wanna avoid that for your Johnson? Cause we don't wanna have any cuts, nicks, scratches, or scrapes.
0: Well, that's happened before and let me tell you, it's the fucking worst. (laughs) There is nothing worse, but uh, it would be even worse to have that tissue on your sack if you nicked yourself. That's right,
1: you wanna impress that significant other and be all groomed and trimmed and ready to go whenever hibbity-dibbity starts. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to
0: reduce grooming accidents. That's right, and check it out. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself, all right? Let's get that bush to tush clean. Rooter to the tutor. Get 20% off, free shipping, with the code KDD at manscaped.com. Make your testes their besties. That's right. And when I tell you
1: it is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. Waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Plus... It's got an LED light. How cool is that? Which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Well, they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. So that ain't half bad, Jason. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code KDD. Your balls will thank you.
2: I was ni- 19 yeah. at the time? Yeah. When all this shit was going down in my life, 18 and 19, my early adulthood, just not even, you know, getting my nose wiped yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Trying to find my place again. And I think a lot of the arguments we, have, we had, I was intoxicated.
0: Right. That's sure. probably
2: why you don't remember him shit. Probably. Yeah. Um. And I met my, on Pier 39, man, I met my first, you know, kid's mom. Wow. Yeah, and uh, she, at the time, I didn't know, but she was on Crystal Meth.
1: Oh, fuck.
2: Yep, didn't know. Uh, she was a meth head, and she told me, she kept driving up. She lived in the town where I live now. Uh, she kept driving up to see me in San Francisco, and she's just like, hey. Um, and I thought it was just going to be a one-night thing, man. I really did. It was just, uh, hey, which one of y'all is single? Cool. <laughs> and then she just kept, she just kept coming up, you oh, know, fuck. and we just, and we just kept partying. Yeah. And she, asked, she said, Hey, uh, you got to, I lied to her about my age. Uh, I remember that now. I lied to her about my age. I told her I was, uh, 20 turning 21 when I was 19 turning 20. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, how much older was she than you?
2: 26.
1: God, you sound like me. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm in a bar with this chick that's seven years older. I, I'm not even
2: legally supposed to be
1: here, you know? Yeah.
2: I was like, fuck, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I think she was 26. I think. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, and she gave me the ultimatum, man. She's just like, Hey, you're moving down here with me or we're going to cut this off. And nothing was holding me in, in San Francisco. Yeah. And I was, I was closer to like my hometown you know, so I said, fuck it. And my, I think my sister was in Vegas at the time. I really do. And I sent her, a, I sent her, I called her, I sent her a message said, hey, I'm moving out. See ya. And <laughs> I just, I just pieced the fuck out. Yeah, if I remember correctly, yeah. Uh, and then. That is some that intoxicated
1: decision-making right there.
2: It, dude, it literally was like, an, She's. It, she was on her way to pick me up. She goes, she goes, This is happening, or this isn't happening. I go, It's happening. And I called her. She was my sister, she was in Vegas. I, I believe she was in Vegas. And uh, she was there, picked me up that night. And we turned back around and drove all the way back.
0: Fuck, yep. man.
2: So let me ask yeah. you this. At what
0: point sure. did you realize that your first child's mother was a meth head? When did you figure that out?
2: So she would never sleep in the same room with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh.
2: And, uh, I was like, man, this is, I was like, why don't you just come to bed? Like, come to bed, come to bed. She was like, no, she would stay up. And she, we were living with her best friend at the time and she would never, and they would stay up all fucking night. And then one time, uh, they claimed that they kept getting sick in the house and this was a really nice place. Like we were pretty, pretty nice place. And she kept claiming that she kept getting sick. They were kept getting sick. And there was black mold in the house. It was all over the walls and it's all over them. And it's in her car. Like she almost abandoned her car because of this shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And then, um, she admitted to me that she was smoking dope. She was smoking meth. And she made me throw away all of my fucking clothes Cause she claims that I had mold all over my clothes. Yeah. What the fuck? And I'm like, I don't have mold on my clothes. Like, I just washed all my shit. And she's claiming that I got mold all over my fucking clothes.
0: All those sleepless nights, man, that leads to hallucinating. Yeah, yeah. psychosis is going on.
2: Dude, they oh, it was absolute fucking bananas, brother. It really was. Like yeah. I I never endured anything and, and I've never I've never done meth myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Um so I don't know how it, you know, what it does to you. Well, I obviously I know what it does to you, but I don't know how like your mental state or anything like that, you know. Uh, but it was fucking, it was really fucking bizarre. Yeah. And like her, uh, her best friend's ex-husband, we're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on because they're like yelling at the landlord, telling him that they're they're like knocking into the fucking walls, bro. Like on a shoot, they're trying to knock down the walls to show the landlord that there's fucking mold in that. Fuck. <laughs> so, so
0: where did it, where did it go from there? Like you yeah. eventually found out, uh, did you, yeah, I told her, like, we need
2: to, I told her we need to move out. I said, this shit's got to stop between you and your best friend. We need to move out. Uh uh-huh. So we moved out. I said, or I'm leaving. And she didn't want to, she didn't want to lose me at the time. So we moved out into this granny unit that we found for like, a, you know, something cheap. And uh, she claimed that she was getting, that she was clean. And thing you know, that the best friend started kind of showing up at our place here and there, but the best friend was way strung out, dude, yeah. way strung out. Um, and sooner or later, I told her you need to cut that shit off with the And I was drinking at the time too. So I was suppressing out al- with alcohol, sure. suppressing, trying to deal with her bullshit while dealing with my bullshit. And it was a, car crash to the point of I think we got into this altercation um I didn't throw hands or anything like that mm. um she claimed she was gonna call the cops on me I think I grabbed her phone and I like broke her phone because fucking out of my mind um and she was out of her fucking mind and then I think I left and then we got back together um and I think she really got clean when she found out that she was pregnant
1: yeah
2: yeah I think that's what got her clean was when she found out she was pregnant. So let me
0: ask you this. So you, you were homeless, mm-hmm. jail, yep, San Francisco, back with your uh, first baby's chick. And, you know, she was on meth and whatnot. What was your... You've been through a shit ton at this yeah, point. Fuck. A lot. Fuck, we're not,
2: we're not even halfway through here. <laughs> well, what,
0: was your, what was your bottom? When was it like, okay, fuck. My life is clearly not, I'm assuming, not where I want it to be, not going the route I want it to go down. When did you realize, I need to start, I need to get this shit together?
2: Six and a half years ago.
0: Six and a half years ago, okay.
2: Yeah, I uh, I walked into a match um completely intoxicated and pilled out of my mind pilled out of my i should have never walked out of that curtain man and the promoter should never let me walk out that curtain Mm -hmm. and i got into a match in front of thousands of people and made a complete ass out of myself how so like just
0: sloppy just falling
2: all over the place. oh no, brother it was bad yeah it was bad um and the promoter sent that video out to about a hundred different promotions telling them not to book me anymore.
1: Oh, fuck.
2: And fuck. I lost a lot of bookings because of it.
1: Yeah.
2: A lot. Uh, and no one was returning. It's it's crazy. When you hit that rock bottom and you're reaching out for the people that tell you, brother, we're there for you. Whatever you need, brother, 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 <laughs> brother. Hey, yeah. brother. And, and, and you reach out and no one's there because you're fucking toxic. Yeah. That's a lonely place, man. That is a very very lonely place and the only person that reached back out to me was my best friend J.D. Horr, Jason Turner mm. and he was my tag partner. he was the one who I was in the match with who carried me through the whole match, yeah, and he goes, bro, like you're f- fucked up. I was going through a, a divorce at the time uh it was it was it was bad I was yeah. going through a lot of sh- I was going through a lot of shit mentally yeah yeah. And he goes, you need help. You need to get help because I don't want to lose my my best friend. Yeah. And that was the day that I, six and a half years ago, man, I haven't
3: looked back. So, it has been
2: easy. Go ahead.
0: Oh, so when you came out and drinking, pilled out and all that, obviously no names need to be said, but were you with other people doing it or were you by yourself just in the locker room? I was with other people oh, in the okay. locker room okay. with other people. Yeah. yeah. So it was a comment then that people would, just not that bad, obviously, but you drank. In before yeah. in between matches and stuff like that
2: 100 yeah, percent. i mean it was one of those things where it's like i was just continuing from the night before
0: right yeah. right 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 gotcha yeah.
2: oh yeah man the night before i went out and partied my ass off and i had this big match and it was a hardcore match and i've never been in a hardcore match before mm-hmm. so a lot of different emotions going on and i think i i mean i got to i got to jd's house at like 10 in the morning just strung out and uh, just, I was like, just kept drinking, kept yeah, drinking, yeah. kept drinking, kept drinking. Because when you're intoxicated, you know, it's like the hair of the dog. Sure. sure. You know, you yeah. just kind of keep drinking. So you kind of level yourself out. Yeah. Oh, I just kept, kept going. And I didn't go on until 10 that night, you know? So, and that was just nothing but bottles and drinking and bottles and a lot of pills and a lot of other shit that was right. being ingested that day.
1: What pills so, was yeah. it? Were you getting on oxy or so? I you know Somas were kind of a thing that went around wrestling. So Soma,
2: Somas, uh, Vikes and, uh, Norco's. Oh fuck. Yeah, dude. I had a, I had the deadly combination, man. And, uh, when I was talking to Jason, I, uh, I had a bottle in my hand. I had pills within an arm reach. And I seriously thought about just ending my life right then and there. Yeah. 100%. I thought of, I thought about that multiple times while I was intoxicated. Why am I here? Why why am I still living? Why you you want to not wake up?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 100%. You're going to feel like absolute dog shit the next day. Why would you want to wake up?
1: Yeah. You know, and- yeah. I remember when we were talking with Edward Furlong that uh, you know, I had put out there <laughs> What I had heard, uh, I think it was Nikki Six was the first person that I heard say it, or I'd interviewed him or something. He said, "Yeah, two things happen to addicts: or either you get clean or you die." And Edward Furlong said, "No, there's a third one. You continue to wake up and you continue to use and go through that misery, and people don't realize it is fucking miserable. It is miserable. so fucking miserable.
2: It's one of the worst, um, and it's it's crazy because I, bat- I battle addiction. Like it, addiction's a, a, a battle every sure. single day." Yeah. You know, I could easily go to what's crazy in this time right now is the gyms are fucking closed, but the liquor stores are wide the fuck open.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Go
2: figure. I could easily go and grab a bottle of whatever the fuck and just, just go to town, you know, but I choose, I choose not to because I remember that fucking feeling. Right. Sure. I remember feeling like absolute, dog shit throwing up in the throwing up in the shower every single morning throwing up blood in the shower every single morning i remember that and i never want to feel that ever again yeah. ever
1: well so what was your process of getting help did you uh enter rehab or just uh, start attending meetings what, what what was it for you that once you recognized that rock bottom that it was like oh shit now not only this thing that because there was I don't remember how many matches I saw you work or call but you always worked your fucking ass off really hard you gave it everything you had so where's the point where you just went I can't lose this let alone those that I love what was the process then of going to get cleaned up how did you go about it
2: well I already lost everything you know after I lost everything I loved I almost lost you know I lost professional wrestling at the time I lost professional wrestling Um, I lost uh, my wife at the time I lost my kids. I lost everything. So there was only, you know, there was only way of like, that was my rock bottom. You know, there was, there's only up. And to answer your question, and I, and this is, this is just me, is the mind is so strong. It really is. Whatever you put your mind to, you can do. A hundred percent. And I chose, I put my buddy on FaceTime. And I took all the alcohol and I dumped it down the toilet. And I took all the pills and I dumped them. And I told him just to check on me, please check on me every single day. And he did. He came and checked on me every single day. I haven't, I, I, have never gone to a meeting and that's just me. And if meetings help you guys, please go to meetings, do sure. what, what you need to do to help you. Yeah, please. Um, and I started to listen to a lot of motivational stuff, you know, positive, trying to get rid of the negative and trying to bring positivity in life. Cause you're, it's amazing. When you wake up, you have 24 hours in the day. What are you going to do with those 24 hours? You know, are you going to, everybody has bad days. Are you going to sulk in your bad day that you had the day before? Or are you going to wake up and go, today's a new day. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, what goal am I going to accomplish today? You know, and I just kept, and the thing is, though, is I I treated one addiction, two addictions, I guess, alcohol and drugs, for a food addiction. So as I'm getting clean, I'm just eating. Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a fat kid at heart. <laughs> I really am. So all I did was just eat, and I ballooned up, man. Once you get sober, like I ballooned up, man. I got up to like 320 like pounds, I think, was like my heaviest. And I was just all big, man. And I was out of the wrestling game. No promoter would really take a chance. I was maybe wrestling maybe once a month, if that, if I was lucky. And I was in horrible shape. I, I, I couldn't go for very long. Um, and I, was, I wasn't i was happy. I still wasn't happy. I wasn't content. I mean, I had a good job uh, working for the cable company. I had a great job making a great living. just wasn't happy.
1: Yeah.
2: I just – I'm watching all my friends on TV – Getting signed, I don't want to say friends, I apologize. Um, wrestling acquaintances is the best yeah. way to put it. A lot of people that I broke into the indies with getting signed to these bigger companies, and I'm like, man, if I wasn't a fucking drug addict and alcoholic, I probably could have been right there with them. Yeah, you know, I went to a WWE tryout pretty out of my mind. Yeah, Fuck. yeah, so uh. yeah, it was. Cr- yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I never thought I never thought the WWE would ever knock on my door again. Yeah, and, well, uh, understandably, they knocked, they knocked on my door. In two, I think it was 2018, 2017, 2018. I think, they knocked, I think I did like four different things with them in like 2018. Yeah, or 17, one of those two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you had little little like backstage kind of role, little things, right?
2: Yeah, I did a little couple backstage roles and kind of kept in contact with them. And uh, last time they were in town, they asked me if I wanted to come, come out and I had to politely decline because I had a uh, ring of honor on the table.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. so uh, you know, to let people know though the ways in which you really turned your life around though, is uh, not only focusing, uh, you know, on these career goals. Um, again, you know, like you said, you had a good job, uh, but it wasn't what you did. It was you really not only dedicated your, your fitness, uh, mentally emotionally and physically but towards that task of becoming a professional wrestler that was all you were going to do and you've gotten there
2: yeah so it was just i watching them and uh they i, I was like man i got i, I got to get my fucking shit together <laughs> like, <laughs> really like i got to get i got to get my shit together and i started getting in shape man right after christmas i started getting in shape it was like a new year's resolution like i'm going to get in shape i'm going to drop a bunch of weight And I'm going to start wrestling again. And promoters in California were still very like, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. You've only been clean for a little bit. I'm not quite sure. And I begged them, give me a chance. Let me show you. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. And during that time, I started my own wrestling promotion to help get myself ready to get back into the indie scene. So I was booking all these guys. I'm putting on my own wrestling show, but then the guys would go back to the promoters and be like, yo, dude, Sledge is fucking, he's killing it. He's looking good. He's getting, he's getting in there. So then they would give me the opportunity to come to their show and show them what I could do. And then it was just kind of a, a trickler effect. And then next thing you know, um, I was in the right place at the right time with the Steve Austin podcast.
1: Yeah, that's right. You did get on there. That was with, yeah. with uh you went down with AJ, right? AJ Curtis, mutual, yeah. mutual friend of ours. Yeah. Great
2: yeah. guy. He, w- I did the Steve Austin podcast. And next thing you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a indie darling, <laughs> you know, and, and clean and sober. And now I'm loving life. Now I'm loving what I'm doing. You know, I wasn't loving professional wrestling. Like I love it now. I was loving professional wrestling for the party. Right. So I was just partying and just loving the after parties and loving the girls and loving, loving the attention that I, I, I wasn't getting. So I felt like this was, I, I guess I'm an attention whore to a point, you know, (laughs) like we all are, you know? So I was getting, I was getting the attention from all sides here, you know, and I was loving it. So I was loving the attention more than I was loving the wrestling, but now I love the wrestling and I felt, just madly in love with wrestling and when i did the austin podcast man that launched me into a different bracket and then next thing you know i'm flying to different states and just now i'm on impact professional and now i'm on impact yeah. and i'm like whoa what the fuck like i'm on impact and then impact launched me into this different bracket and then you know ring of honor and now it's just It's just been snowballing since like 2000 i want to say probably about 2017 it's all snowballed and it's just been just an amazing ride and it's all because i'm sober and i you know i try to keep my mental as best as i possibly can
1: yeah yeah absolutely no you're kicking ass man hey before we get to our rapid questions why don't you tell folks a little bit about uh what you're doing with the coffee with sledge
2: uh coffee with Sledge happened with out of a pandemic (laughs) i i i Wanted to learn to talk better, which I don't feel like I've done very well on this podcast. And I apologize. Oh, you're, you're great, man. Uh, you know, uh, I, I wanted to learn how to talk better because yeah. in everything that we do, you have to have a voice behind it. And I was doing it on Instagram live and I have a buddy named Zicky Dice who does a great Twitch show. Um, www.twitch.tv slash Zicky Dice. And he's like dude you're doing this on instagram live why don't you do it on twitch and i was like eh, let me see let me try to work it out and so on and so forth and then i was popped into a twitch stream with my buddy marty the moth and uh i found my producer who you guys met yeah you know on, on my show mm-hmm. and then it just kind of snowballed i started booking guests and figuring it all out and Now we do a show Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you know, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we bring guests on like you guys that we do very positive, motivational, people that have stories and want to get out there and just try to promote themselves. And we do a lot of professional wrestling. We do, like, guys like you guys, you know, that are motivational speakers, that are podcasters. I mean, we've had... uh, Man, we've had uh, had Jay Lethal on. We've had... Uh, I I'm trying to think of a list and we've had so many guests that are just like, yeah, man, let's do it. And it just all happened out of a pandemic. And sooner or later, what I'm going to do with it is I'm going to turn it into a podcast just like you guys. And I've talked to a guy named Gabe tough who owns body Spartan. Hmm. And we're going to start doing a motivational podcast together sooner or later after we start getting the ball run probably after the first of the year we're gonna start doing a motivational podcast yeah i dig it man which I, I i love it i really do i never thought that i would love you know and we're live which is cool as we're live and we're entering you guys were there and you we're taking questions from the fans mm-hmm. yeah you know and it's 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 very interactive and we're having fun and you know i've had people cry on my podcast and and it's i don't know man it's just something that i really really enjoy doing yeah
1: yeah, no, we had a blast. We were saying that it's kind of cool to go at it without a net, you know, and just here, here it is. The content's out there, and you know. It,
2: I mean, we're friends. We all can sit here and BS, like, for, with the best of them, man. But when you can get somebody <laughs> so comfortable with you, because a lot of people are very hesitant sometimes, and you guys probably get this, oh, God, are very, sure. he, very hesitant on coming on and, and sharing. So your job as the host is to try to get them as comfortable as possible to open up. Mm-hmm. And the easier it is for them to relax and get used to you, is the more all the stories will flow. And now you're now you're off to the races. Now you're having a good podcast. And I've literally had people in my chat telling me that they're bawling their eyes out right now from a story that somebody told. Mm-hmm. And tell them that my podcast has helped them through hard times. You know, because we're all in a world right now. Where the unknown is is completely unknown, and suicide rate has skyrocketed, and alcohol yeah. has skyrocketed, everything has skyrocketed um, towards bad, not necessarily towards good, but towards bad. And to, people to hit me up and tell me that I've helped them stay away from all of that bad, you know, that means the world to me, and that means that I'm doing somewhat of a good job, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. the best thing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, so, you know, and you guys probably get that as well. Which I yeah. love your guys' show.
1: Thank I you, appreciate you. Yeah, no, we we have and there's there's been some messages more lately that that uh, that it's that it's helped people and they they'll go back to an episode or check out a new one and it's like, okay, you know, we're not getting a million listens per episode yet, but uh, you know, hey, it's it's awesome that we are you know helping one person at least at a time. And you yeah, know, that's the mission.
2: You know, I, I love I love what we do besides professional wrestling. I love doing this. Yeah, for sure. You know, and if I can, you know, I've already made professional wrestling a career. If I can make this as a career too, then just like you guys, Hell sky's yeah. the limit. It really is. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: All right, Sledge. Well, let's jump into some rapid fire questions. Mikey, you're up first. What are some of your pet peeves?
2: oh shit <laughs> I, know, I know right uh, you probably get that you probably get that question, you probably get the answer a lot oh shit yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, pet peeves <laughs> and this is gonna sound really dicky and I'm sorry
0: dude the pettier the better that's what pet peeves are about it's nothing serious it's just little shit that just pisses
2: you off dogs Damn. on planes
1: Oh, hey, yeah, you know, I can understand because there's too many people that have the support pet when they don't fucking need the support pet. Yep.
0: I don't think I've yeah. ever been on a plane with a dog. I was, on one one. Really? Yeah, I was on one yesterday.
4: Really?
2: Yeah, I was on one yesterday. What a, kind of dog? I like, oh I don't remember what it was. I, I remember what it was. I don't know, like, the breed or anything like that. But yeah. It literally, I was sitting up front and it literally would not calm the fuck down. And I'm looking at her and I go, support animal? She goes, yeah. And I'm like, it's not really doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> sure as hell, isn't uh, supporting the flight. Yeah, it's not supporting anything. Uh, you know, sooner or later once we got in the air, it like calmed down. But I mean, I'm sorry. Um it and that's a I think it, a lot of people take it, you know, for granted, the support animal thing. I really do. And uh, I that's agree. A
1: no, I agree. I think people have taken a little bit too far. I, you know, yeah. you know. Not... Have you seen
2: some of the shit that people bring on planes?
0: Oh, fucking! They say that
2: they're fucking sport animals.
0: Oh God, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I love my dog so much to where I wouldn't take her on a plane because I knew she, I know she would freak out. Right? So I wouldn't yeah. do that to her.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have two dogs. I would never, I would never. I don't even really necessarily like to take them, like in the car with me. You know, and that's yeah. just me.
0: No, I get it. I get it because my dog, she's a deer chihuahua. She's a rescue. They're afraid of everything. They're very skittish. They're afraid of everything. <laughs> so That's I, w- I want to keep her in her comfort zone. And her yeah, comfort Michael. zone is with me. But at the same time, she doesn't like being in cars either. So uh, I will never take her on a plane because you got to like, you know, my she's not a support one. So they would she would have to go under any cage, and I would never I would never do that to her.
2: Absolutely, it's not. just. That's one of my big pet peeves. Yeah, is that uh I got a couple other little here's and there's but you know Like what? Uh no oh, shit. <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of something that's like not like uh I'm very uh I'm an on-time person. That's a big oh, fucking yeah. pet peeve of mine. Uh uh-huh. is is an on-time person. It's one of those like if if you're on time you're late. If you're early you're on time.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. And I'm always early uh I, I try to be early as much as i possibly can to things um i i hate being on time i always like to be early um and i hate and, and one of the big things is i'm a huge planner mm-hmm. and i hate when shit gets out of whack <laughs> <Like that, laughs> it plugs in my mental state dude i just can't i can't go on the fly with a day i always have to have my day planned yeah
1: Oh, well, and I can understand oh. that. I could totally understand that. Um, yeah. All right. If you could have dinner with just one person, living or not, who would it be and why?
2: Oh, sh- good question, man. These are awesome. Ah. Uh, probably The Rock.
1: Yeah. And why is that? That seems cool as shit.
2: Just to uh, his business. Hmm. To pick his brain about business. Yeah. Because he has his hand in so many different shit. Yeah, So many different things from his tequila to the XFL to movies to uh, wrestling to you name it, man. He's like the most popular guy on social media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He really is. And yeah, he, he was labeled the most popular guy on social media. And I would just want to sit down with him, have a meal with him. I would like to sit down and have a cheat day with him. Yeah. Oh, there you go, because he, he does do those phone. epic meals. Oh, brother. And just pick his brain about business.
3: Yeah.
2: I think just
0: movies alone, he's like the highest paid actor right now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like, all that's deals crazy. aside, just movies, I think he is the highest paid someone like Well, that. yeah,
2: he's got- Have the... you seen the role that he's getting ready for, the DC role? Oh, guy's Black like Adam? The 290 pounds fucking jacked.
1: Yeah. Black Adam, yeah, that's going to be cool. Yeah. I don't know. Because he
2: wants to look the part.
1: And he's just and, and, and I think I would on top of the the business side is is the work ethic that's there too. Some advice yes. on that on that kind of work ethic, yeah. you know, because. No, you can't teach work ethic, but you can provide someone with your tools that you've used and how it works. Like you, a scheduler. I'm trying to fucking become a scheduler, such. I am so goddamn bad about it. Just ask this guy. It's
0: like Well, I, I, I have to be because he's not. And I'm not that good either, but I have one of us has to be.
1: Well somebody needs Someone's a pers- steer the ship. Somebody yeah. needs a personal assistance and it's me.
0: It's all in the iPhone. I just uh, put it on the yeah. iPhone. All right, what do you got, Mikey? All right. If they were to make a movie about you. Who would you want to play you? What actor would you pick to play yourself?
2: Hmm. Well, I get mistaken for it. I've been mistaken for him a couple times, and people say I do kind of look like him. I probably have Batista do it. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah Dave Batista? Yeah.
2: Fucking A. Yeah. yeah, I'd have Dave Batista do it.
1: Yeah. I could see. And he's, his chops have gotten so good,
2: too. Yeah, so a lot of people say that if Roman Reigns and uh, Dave Bautista had a baby, it would be me. <laughs> All right, but yeah, definitely probably Dave Bautista. I would probably have him do the role. He's already got his nose pierced like I do. Yeah, you know, he's he's great at he's doing great things in the acting world. He's also already can do the professional wrestling thing. So yeah, probably probably him.
1: Uh, that's a perfect pick. Uh, what do you think is your greatest achievement? Ooh.
2: Being, being, being able to give my kids what I wasn't able to give, uh, what I wasn't able to have when I was a kid. And that's a good childhood. Hell yeah. I try as hard as I can to be there for them as much as I possibly can. Um, I know that I have a very, very crazy schedule, but I try to be there as best as I can for them as, as much as I can. I love it. So, yeah
0: one more there Mikey if you could travel anywhere in time but you had to stay there so you can go back in time you can go into the future but you had to stay there what would you choose
2: hmm but I had to fucking stay there and
0: you don't need to like it would be the same like say you were to go back 10 years it would be the exact same like you're going who you are today but just back or forward
2: hmm Sometimes I believe I was born in the wrong, like I was born in the era, but like I'm not an adult in the era. Mm. And probably the 80s, man. Because I, would I would love back. 80s hair metal. Yeah. <laughs> so. I
0: swear I told my dad the same thing. I said, man, I was born in the wrong era, man. I was born. He goes, no, you were born in the right era to bring it back. That's what he would yeah. say. That's what he would say. I love,
2: I'm a huge Skid Row, Motley Crue. Yeah. Like just being on the, you know, the strip in Hollywood would just be. Fuck Yeah. And, uh-huh. And then the 80s wrestling was fucking amazing, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. I'd probably the 80s, man, <laughs> to be real. You know, I was, born in, I was born in the 80s, but, like, I'm not an adult in the 80s. So, yeah, it's probably be the 80s. It's man. funny
0: because, you know, we get some people that, you know, will go into the future, and I'm like, man, the way 2020 has been going, I don't want to go anymore into the future with the unknown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah. I want to, you know, go in, uh. like, into tomorrow and the next day, but like to go into like 2060 or 2080, it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm going to take it day by day. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. take it day yeah, by 100%. day. 100%. <laughs> That's the best way to take Could it, Could you man, imagine yeah. going from 2010 to 2020, and you're on house arrest, and you didn't even get arrested. Uh, but you can't go <laughs> anywhere. You can't go anywhere. You got to wear a mask, which we already talked about. I'm good with that. But everything else has just been
2: nuts. How do I even get here? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. What
0: do <laughs> you I mean I can't leave my house? What did
2: I do? What, I, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. It's
0: what, what everybody, everybody did. Yeah, Why is right. my barbershop closed?
2: Why is everything closed? Yeah. Uh, wait, I can't can go I get Why I go and have a meal? What mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah, right.
0: I oh, know. Walmart's open, though. So we're good there. Yeah. Walmart and Target. Walmart's <laughs>
2: open. Walmart, Target, and the liquor store. I guess everything's <laughs> fine and dandy. You know, what the fuck? Uh, you know? But, like, you've never heard, like, and I'm not a political person, any way, shape, or form. No. I think all politics are fucking crooks, you know, so on and so forth. But you've never heard of a COVID outbreak in a fucking gym.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just
2: saying. Well, you're saying COVID, COVID yeah. doesn't
0: exist in supermarkets. It doesn't exist no. in Target. It doesn't exist in Walmart. Nope. <laughs> nope. <Motherfucking. laughs> Only gyms, barbershops, tattoo shops, uh, beauty salons. Uh, you and I personally know. Of a big big
1: chain store where somebody that I was close to at one time personally got COVID. So that shit fucking
0: exists. So it is a it, a, it was sarcasm. <laughs> so it the is point bug. is all these big places are open, but the little guys aren't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean and, yeah, and talking and about try to support your local businesses as oh, best sure. you can. They're going through such a hard time right now. Oh fuck. And um, yeah, it's just very one of those things, man, where it's just like the unknown is the unknown and uh you know we're trying just everybody's just trying to hold on for for the best. There it is, and I'm not gonna say it. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna get into it. All right, uh, good. I'm not, I'm not a politician. So. We don't go into politics. As That's far as, as small as business,
0: got. I will say this though: reach out to the small businesses on Instagram. Shoot them like a direct message. Get a get a gift card from them. You know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Just buy a little gift card. Keep them afloat. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. Well, I
1: I second you- and third time. You, yeah. get the, you get the final word. Uh, if you could inspire anyone that, you know, not only uh, seeking sobriety or is new through sobriety, but also maybe the ones to uh, pursue that dream. Uh, any words of encouragement? Don't
2: take no for an answer. 100%. I love it. You know, you can do anything in this world, anything you want. And you're going to have people that tell you all the time, you cannot do this. You can't. You can't, you can't, you can't. Take the can't. Out. Mm-hmm. You can. Perfect. You can do anything you want. I'm a living proof comeback story. 100 percent And I I plan. I I I just you can do it, you know, final words, you can do anything you want in this world. Just put your mind to it and understand that it's going to be hard work. It's not going to be easy. You are going to fall. You're going to fall hard. But if you're willing to get back up and show people that you're not going to take no for an answer, fuck, the sky's the limit, man. Mm-hmm. It really is, dude. It The sky's the fucking limit. Absolutely. You know? We're just scratching. I'm just scratching the surface right now. You know? I'm six and a half years clean and sober. I'm just scratching the surface. You know? And you're not alone. Any way, shape, and form. You are not alone out there in the world. There's somebody that cares for you. Trust me. That's Absolutely. a perfect
0: place to end it right there. Hey, yeah, thanks, brother.
2: That's perfect. All right. Thank you, guys.
0: Sledge. Always a pleasure,
4: brother.
2: Always, always a
0: pleasure.
4: 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams, and working hard. Always striving to make those dreams a reality. We believe life's too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road ahead that you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. Listeners of Knockin' Doors Down, head over to 5150ltm.com. That website again, 51 fiftyltmcom
1: Brian Sledge Campbell, my friend, thank you again for joining us on Knockin' Doors Down. Great guy. Great sense of humor, too. (laughs)
0: He's really pulled himself out of a dark place, man. It's really admirable how far he's come. That's for sure.
1: Absolutely, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And and the interesting thing to me too to hear is, uh, you know, how he really supports either if if you need to do this twelve step programs. Or in his case, it just wasn't what worked for him, but you can find a system no matter what it is that's out there. And there is ways to get support uh, in a community, whatever it is. For him, it was in the wrestling community, other close friends, some people it's AA, NA, whatever kind of trauma groups uh, that you need to be a part of. That uh, really, it's all out there. You can find them. There's plenty of resources, so don't hesitate to get and use those resources.
0: Well, and like I said before in past episodes, even if it's hitting us up, you know, we're always down to help. shoot us a DM or, you know, message, something like that. We're down to help you to the best of our knowledge, the best of our abilities.
1: Absolutely. And if you want to uh, follow us on social media and be able to contact us directly, just click the links in our bio for our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They're all there. Search Knocking Doors Down on each and every platform. Uh, We also want to remind you, if you need some uh, words of inspiration, want a great read, the uh, autobiography by Carlos Vieira, Knocking Doors Down, that inspired the uh, podcast, how he started the 5150 brand, how he got sober from his cocaine addiction. And what led him to uh, taking on a task he always dreamed of as a kid and becoming an auto racer and finding success in that. So, again, that link is in the description. You can get it at kddmediacompany.com or search Amazon for uh, knocking doors down for the paperback, the hardback, or the ebook. Anything else, Mr. Naraki? Nope, I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down.
4: For more info and to get involved, check out
3: Foundation.org. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors.